0: Villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind.
1: Hello, listeners. You're back where it's at, and this is Tanisha Baker spinning the winning talk show that hits the roof with the truth and the floor with much more while we keep it real and true as we do what we do. It's April 11th, and on this date in history, President Johnson signed the 1968 Civil Rights Act. In 1986, Kellogg's decided to stop giving tours of its company, which it had done for 80 years, as it feared the company's secrets were at risk through the spies from other serial companies. President Reagan returned to the White House from the hospital after an assassination attempt on March 30th in 1981. In 1997, the new Museum of African American History opened in Detroit, being the largest of its kind in the world. Emmett Ashford became the first Black Major League umpire on this date in 1966. And in 1948, Jackie Robinson signs a professional baseball contract and becomes the first Black player in the Major Leagues. Today is recognized as National Pet Day. Share a picture of you and your pet with me on Talking With T Facebook or Twitter pages. We will continue with our theme of Aim High in April. In fact, this upcoming Thursday, the 14th, is National Reach High As You Can Day. Be encouraged to dream big and reach high. Don't settle for average, strive for extraordinary. Karen Raven said, Only as high as I reach can I grow. Only as far as I seek can I go. Only as deep as I look can I see. Only as much as I dream can I be? So now for today's quick bits. former Lady Balls Tamika Catching signed copies of her book, Catch a Star at Lifeway in Turkey Creek this past Saturday and at the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame on this past Sunday. Her book is her testimony. She says her upcoming season in the WNBA will be her last. She has spent 16 years with the Indiana fever. This next story is a sad story reported Saturday night, when Will Smith, former player of the Saints, was gunned down in an apparent road rage incident after arguing with the man that had rear-ended him. His wife was also shot in the incident, but is expected to pull through. Firefighters here in Knoxville were busy putting out several small fires on and around the campus of Knoxville College that appeared to have been intentionally set. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear Grammy-winning Boris Blues Rogers featuring Shannon Greer with us us be.
0: Us be a sunshine hurricane sometime. Such a chaotic light. Us be. And us be a dawn A slow warm rising Into a hard-orn soft yellow Exit to a bright sky blue You, coke, me an aged Hennessy Us be an expensive drink Sipped slow from glass Crafted by the hands of a man Who is never known either Us be rarity Us be cool You, beautiful bass Me, melody in the key of easy Us, us be a classic song
2: be in the groove Us be in the mood Us be breaking rules Like a burning flame that never seems to cool Us be true You
0: fist fight, me no mercy Us be a brawl, beautiful bruises from love taps Grapping between sheets till we stain them with ecstasy. Until we break ourselves into you, distance. Me regretted mistake. Us be hard to fix sometimes when we use words to break, shatter. Us be loose, cannons, mouths, misfiring, anger, control we lose. You text message, me, long love letters, too long to read. Summertime throwback love, family reunion, barbecue, good eating, drunk uncle, bad dancing to good music. Us, us be a reason for existence. Us be good loving. You are beautiful. Me, a hard scar across face. Us be picture perfect, framed for a love affair, set up as pawns in God's master plan. Us couldn't plan to be in love. Get a blue sometimes A good Spike Lee movie Curled up on couch Waiting for the message Sometimes the message Is so easy Us Us be too easy You
2: Us be true You are
0: breath on my chest I am fingers through your hair Us be forever Sometimes You're inside, talking with T.
3: Well, now it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show, and we'll jump right into Trending News with Pam Campbell and Jay Lawrence. How are you two doing?
4: Wonderfully well. How about yourself?
3: I'm doing great, thanks. And I'm doing great.
5: How are you today, T?
3: I'm good. I'm good. So there's a big debate currently in the news about a bill that would require Students to use the restroom that matches the gender on their birth certificate, and those opposing this bill believe it unfairly targets transgender students. Supporters, however, believe it will actually protect the privacy of students because I guess they're saying it will prevent a male from entering a female bathroom and vice versa. You know, the latest report showed that Bruce Springsteen canceled his show yesterday to show solidarity with people protesting this bill in North Carolina. Molly Cyrus has joined protesters of the bill as it moves forward in the Tennessee legislature. And Knoxville, Tennessee's Mayor Madeline Ro'Hara also weighed in, opposing the bill saying, and I quote, this bill would feed an atmosphere of intolerance that would negatively affect the lives of local families and students and also could have damaging consequences for tourism and economic development. So I've added a poll for the listeners to weigh in and share their thoughts about this issue on the website. You can also find a link on the Facebook and Twitter pages as well. You know, I haven't quite decided where I stand on this issue. I think I see some valid points to both sides of the argument. But it's very interesting that it's actually moved forward and become a law because one of the arguments was, what's happened over all the other years, you know, that why does it now need to become a law? It hasn't been an issue for years, and we've had transgender citizens for years, so I'm not sure why it's so relevant right now.
4: Exactly, and I I think you and I share the same sentiments because I'm still sitting on the fence as far as how this issue plays out myself because, you know, like you said, it's not been an issue here before, so... Why is there such an emphasis now on giving it legal backing? I mean, like you, I can see both sides of the issue, and I can see why, you know, it would be necessary to protect uh, people who are transgender, people who uh, identify with a gender other than what may appear on their birth certificate, et cetera.
5: It just seems like, you know, lately, within the last few years, that the whole l g b t um movement has become real active, even though you know it's been going on for many many years. you know it's not nothing new to a lot of people, and I think the very thought of it you know kind of scares people at times, you know, not sure why it does, but and I think their main focus is about kids and having them confused you know and having to ask you know questions from them, you know when they see someone you know different or things like that but like you said this is nothing new you know why is it just trying to make a bill now you know
3: yeah i think you know i feel some kind of way about it becoming a law and you know i don't know if it's just that there's a greater population of young people who are identifying themselves and as transgender or what have you but i guess one question i would have is how you're going to police that how would you enforce it because nine times out of ten, you wouldn't know. You know, now I guess if you're a male and someone comes in to use the restroom with a dress on, then you might have a clue, maybe, I guess, you know.
4: Right. And and, and as the, the male of the trio here, granted, if I were to be in the restroom handling my business and someone walks in differently attired, I will say that perhaps, I'm not going to run out of the restroom screaming. I'm going to handle what I need to handle as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to take care of my business
3: and exit the restroom. So You wouldn't be caught off guard if someone that appeared to be a female came into the restroom while you were using it. I'm not saying I won't be caught off guard, but handling my business in the restroom takes precedence
4: over <laughs> over, over over who else is in there.
3: So let's take a look at some trending stories straight out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, according to the Knoxville News Sentinel, five dozen cases prosecuted under the gang law have been ruled as unconstitutional. Now, this law is known as the Gang Enhancement Statute, which allows harsher penalties for crimes committed by gang members. It is possible that new sentencing hearings will be afforded, to defendants that were affected by this practice. Additionally, the stricter sentencing was used as a bargaining chip to strengthen the negotiation of plea deals. Now, the gang enhancement statute has been used across the state of Tennessee and not may just be the ripple in a tidal wave that was spread across the state. So I have added a poll on Talking With T Facebook and Twitter pages as well as www.talkingwitht.com under today's show so that the listeners can weigh in and share their opinion or their thoughts about the gang enhancement statute. So Pam and Jay, what do you think about this? And I guess the real question is if someone commits a crime and they're a gang member should they receive a harsher penalty than any other citizen that commits the same crime? And let's just use, I don't know, shoplifting for example. I
4: think that you would have to consider if said crime was connected to the actual work of the gang, if you will.
3: Well, evidently, I don't know how it was used, but it's been ruled unconstitutional. So, you know, yeah, I know that. that
5: like, oh, yeah, I don't think that it should play a factor. In like, you know, unless, like Jay said, if it actually has to do with the gang activity, let's say they... You're riding with the gang and you do a drive by, for example, and you kill someone. That is gang activity. Right. So you just catch a regular charge and it's a personal charge, not necessarily with the gang, then it shouldn't play a factor. And plus, a lot of these people that they are convicting are ex gang members and they're letting that, that title carry on with them in their adult life. You know, they've been out the gang for many, many years, but since they're affiliated, With, you know, the gang from previously, they still label them that as gang members.
3: Right. Hence, uh,
5: you know, James Davis from Knoxville, you know, he picked up a drug charge in 2013, and they still say that he's gang-affiliated, although he's a part of a movement called Heal the Land where he was talking to kids and getting them out of gang activity and things like that, and then they sent him to 40 years for... An old drug charge of a small amount. So that just doesn't make sense when he's been out the gang. He had turned his life around. You know, sometimes they just can't shake that gang affiliation, and it's wrong because people do change.
3: Right. And I think that was initially supposed to be the point of the prison system is to rehabilitate. So um, I think I, you know, I agree with you to that extent. So, Pam, I know you had a story that you were following and you were going to share about a club um, that was closed down here in Knoxville, Tennessee, in South Knoxville, actually, Club Deja Vu?
5: Yes, uh, Club Deja Vu was boarded up on Friday because they have labeled it a nuisance, and they said they promote gang activity and drug use, and they've been doing it um, in front of the owners with the knowledge of the owners, and that's why they said they were shutting it down. Um, residents have been complaining about issues that have went on at the club per se Um, there was a shooting on march 26th and a fight broke out inside the club and moved to the parking lot and although there were no injuries investigators said they found 55 rounds and,
2: wow.
3: and shot out
5: the disc- at the disc exchange and allen sign company and it damaged several vehicles and the owner kevin cherry You know, he stated, and I quote, he said, Deja vu is not a nuisance. It's a popular and growing business that does not encourage violence, gang activity, nor drug use. He said they have been under the radar for the two and a half years that he was there. And he had even asked for the Knox County Sheriff's Department to do security in the parking lot, and they denied it. then he asked the Knoxville Police Department to do security, and they denied it. You know, with no explanation. So, you know, he's trying his best to run a professional business, you know, keep the patrons safe, and the police department won't help them. But then they came every weekend in January and February, the gang task force of the police department to look for gang members and get people doing illegal activity, and they got no one.
4: And where is South Knoxville is this club located?
5: It's on Chapman Highway. Just across the bridge on the right hand side, uh, it used to be the Copacabana, Cabana, you know, a few years back,
3: wow, it's across from Shone so um, okay. so, okay, so the club was shut down because neighbors complained, and I know that there have been other locations that people have complained about as far as being a nuisance, that they are considered to be a central point for gang activity or drug use or whatnot. Now, but the question I have from the story is he had asked the police to come several times. But I thought you had to pay the police to do security other than just regular patrols. Can you just ask the police to come and do security for free?
5: No, they weren't necessarily going to do it for free. He was willing to pay them to do. You know, he's you know he's trying to keep his club safe and open, so he's. asking okay. I'm pretty sure Kevin did not have a problem paying them to come mm-hmm. out, but they said they wouldn't do it regardless.
3: Oh, okay, okay. So he could not find security to help him secure his establishment.
5: Yeah, besides his own security, he could not get okay. help from the police department or the sheriff's office, but they could come and try to see, you know, park and see if anybody's doing anything or... So they were there anyway. Yeah, they walking in the club and, you know, trying to find, you know, gang members or trying to find anybody doing anything illegal. So if they don't have a problem with that, then why do you have a problem with securing the club? He's trying to run run a business here, you know. And he also has another club, Dilemma, which is on Broadway, you know, which I'm pretty sure they'll be trying to close that one next because I'd see... People have always been complaining about the traffic and this and that that, you know, they say goes on there. But the thing is, there have been other issues at other clubs that they haven't got boarded up. They had a shooting at the Alley, you know. Where is that? The Alley used to be docked. on Kingston Pike.
3: Oh, okay. All right.
5: And it barely made the news. And then at the Club Studio X on the Strip they actually had a killing there. Someone got killed there, plus several other shootings and it hasn't been boarded up. So I'm not sure You
3: know what, what? I remember case. that. I remember that. Yes. So, yeah, so it's like again maybe uh penalties aren't consistent. You know what I mean? If you're yes. going to say don't... that a place is a nuisance and you're going to cite certain reasons for that, then that should be the same for any club or any establishment that's doing the same thing. So, yeah, right. I I'm what just saying on. that.
4: And I'm just thinking as Sam was going through the story and I'm trying to place all these different establishments because you know I'm a I'm a few years removed from Knoxville. But here again, if nothing happened to the alley on Kingston Pike and anybody who's familiar with Knoxville knows that Kingston Pike is like D Street in Knoxville. If nothing happened to the club that's on the strip and as a UT alum, I know what goes down on Cumberland Avenue, good, bad and ugly. You know, here again it's it, it, there's, there's not consistency across the board, and I'm thinking if Deja Vu is on Chapman Highway, and other than you know the police coming in trying to see or, or looking for uh, stuff, and nothing else has really happened, I, I'm just I'm perplexed.
3: Yeah, it's just another puzzling story, and you know I don't know. It seems like a couple of these stories really hitting trending news this week so we've had this first one about the gang enhancement law then it appears that this club deja vu closing is actually probably um, in alignment with some racial profiling I mean if we just want to put that out there because uh, Mm -hmm. Kevin Cherry is African American correct?
5: Yes he is
3: yeah and I mean just to be honest that may have something to do Mm -hmm. with it but then we also have in Knoxville Brandon Fox who's been arrested multiple times for drug possession and rarely convicted. So he has filed a $5 million civil lawsuit against the Knoxville Police Department, saying they have harassed and stalked him and others under a shadow assault on the minority community. And he's accused the police department and officers of violating his Fourth Amendment right to be free, from unreasonable seizure when arrested without a warrant and probable cause, violating his Eighth and Fourth Amendment rights against cruel and unusual punishment when officers urged a drug-sniffing dog to attack him when he was not using violence toward them, also conspiring to deprive him of his constitutional rights by attempting to cover evidence of their use of excessive force, and creating a culture of unconstitutional behavior within the department that fails to properly train, supervise, and discipline its officers. So according to the records, he's named in the lawsuit the Knoxville Police Department, Chief David Rouse, and Officers Thomas Turner, Richard D. White, and John Pickens, including John A. Morton and Jordan G. Henderson. So I am interested to see how this is going to turn out, the official said they can't comment at this time, which is protocol, I guess, when the city is involved in litigation. But I think he had had enough, and what he's saying, and his complaints seem valid to me, at least on the surface. Without knowing the details, his complaints seem very valid. And we know living in a community that um, some of what he says at least does exist. Yes, because it
5: seems like they were just, just picking with him. You know, you see him riding, you know, they're stopping for his, you know, his music. The next time, they stop him for uh, some ten. The next time, it's, you know, it was always something simple, but then it would escalate into, you know, something worse. Like when they put the canine dog on him, you know, there was a video of that. It was just uncalled for. It was just sad. That's what it was. Right,
3: right. Well, we'll see what happens, how this plays out in court. But I don't think he would take it that far if he didn't think he had a reasonable cause to sue them. I mean, you know, I mean, and it is what it is. But at least he's saying that he feels that he's been treated unfairly and he wants the legal system to take a look at it and make a determination. Along
4: uh, the similar lines with the whole issue of racial profiling, A story on this side of the state here in Memphis that has generated a lot of conversation centers around the death of 19-year-old Darius Stewart, who was shot on July 17th by Officer Connor Schilling. And according to Officer Schilling, Darius Stewart was pulled over for having a headlight out. And Officer Schilling detained Darius Stewart in the back of a squad car while he was checking for warrants. And then it was discovered that Darius Stewart had two outstanding warrants. In Illinois and Iowa. And according to uh, various sources, when the door of the squad car was opened and Officer Schilling attempted to handcuff Darius Stewart, Stewart attacked him and struck him with the handcuff. And of course, during the struggle, Officer Schilling fired at Darius Stewart and Darius Stewart died from two gunshot wounds, according to the Shelby County Medical Examiner's report. Now, the interesting part of this story here lately is that in November a Shelby County grand jury declined to indict Officer Schilling despite a recommendation from the Shelby County District Attorney to indict him for voluntary manslaughter and employment of a firearm during commission of a dangerous felony? TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, took up the case, and they generated an 800-page report. About the whole situation. Now, the latest... Wait a minute. Um, is this the
3: same case? This officer, this indictment in November or the failure to indict him in November, was it based on this Darius Stewart case? Uh-huh. Okay. All right.
4: So, the latest twist in all of this is that Officer Schilling was granted an in-the-line-of-duty retirement by the City of Memphis Pension Board. Now, in order to get a line-of-duty retirement, a city employee has to have Uh, verification from two independent doctors that the employee is disabled either emotionally or physically. Now, Officer Schilling has been on the police force for three years, and effective four years.
3: How many? Four?
4: Four years. Four.
3: He's getting ready to retire? Yes. Like with a pension and everything?
4: A pension of $1,138.19 twice a month. And his retirement was effective April
3: 1st. Let's back up because there's a couple of pieces of this story that I'm curious about. Now, Darius Stewart was in the back of the police car while the officer, Shillings, is that his name? Uh Uh-huh. Was checking for warrants and found out that he had a warrant in two different states. Okay. Right. All right. So then he attempts to handcuff him. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm assuming at this point he's just sitting in the back of the police car, no handcuffs, just sitting there. And so right. he attempts to handcuff him, and there is a taxi? Yep. Okay. I mean, obviously that's a recipe for disaster right there. Exactly. Um, did he have another officer with him? From what I have read, no. Okay. So, well, let's move on. Um, let's move out of Tennessee. Move on, move on over way across the nation to Texas. And in Texas, there was a teacher who was arrested for assault after repeatedly hitting a student. You can check out the video on the Talking with T webpage if you hadn't seen it. But again, another educator gone bad. This makes several weeks in a row that a story has trended about a teacher with bad judgments. Pam, do you have some more details?
5: 63-year-old Mary Hastings was recently charged with misdemeanor assault after the incident at Ozen High School. She was initially taken to the jail but was released on a $2,500 bond. Hastings, described as a veteran teacher, had only been with the Boma Independent School District for three years. But from what the video showed, that was her last day because she had had enough. And one student from the high school who asked to remain anonymous said that Hastings is typically a target of students who throw things at her and curse at her and just bother her every day. And she stated that, you know, you only see 12 seconds of the video. She stated that it's a whole lot more that goes on with that story. But my thing is, if you know that you're older, you're seasoned, and you know you can't handle this new generation of kids, then it may be best just to go ahead and retire. She's at retirement age. You know, I'm pretty sure she loves teaching. You know, she's been doing it for a while. But these these some new age kids. And, one, you can't put your hands on people's children.
3: Right. And that's the thing. I think it all boils down to this story and several of the other ones we've heard have boiled down to bad judgment. You know, I mean, I am hesitant to totally judge because I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what it's like to be cursed at and to have things thrown at me all day. I don't know, you know, what the boiling point is or the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't know what makes people snap. However, I still can't imagine, even under the worst circumstances, me physically getting into an altercation or hitting someone's child. I can see me walking off the job. You know, I can see me throwing my hands up saying, y'all got this, and leaving. But I can't see me jeopardizing my potential earnings because with this assault charge, she won't be able to go back to work in a school. And if she isn't at the age of retirement, then she won't be able to do that either. I've noticed in the story it said she was on paid leave. I'm not sure what the investigation needs to be, what they're trying to check out, and why they're still paying her. I mean, this on video, she hit the student. I don't think you can claim self-defense because the student wasn't hitting her. You know, regardless if she was fed up and if other students were belligerent or whatever they were doing, she just responded the the wrong way. So right now, I've I've seen the video. I watched it about
4: three or four times today because I have been in utter shock and disbelief that it came to that point so my my first thought was this woman can't possibly have any
2: bills
4: (laughs) she must be super rich and teaching must be a side hustle for her because yes these young people will push you and as an educator I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say that there have not been times that I have been almost to that point. But I have to remember, okay, yes, I still have to maintain my residence. I got rent I got to pay. I got to put gas in my car. Even though I'm skinny, I do like to eat. And I like to go shopping every now and then. And right. I do need to go get these with twisted. And I like to keep this little cell phone on, and like I like to keep the lights on in my apartment and whatnot. So all of that trumps anything that you know could possibly endanger my profession and my livelihood.
3: And let's move on. Not only endanger your profession and your livelihood, because one, we keep talking about when these stories come up, it does give the teaching profession a black eye. Like I said, it's been several weeks in a row that. Some type of story has come up with the teacher using bad judgment. But outside of just, you know, your ability to earn money, you know, to support yourself and your livelihood, I would also think you would think about the danger of your life. Because I'm looking at how she was hitting that student, you know, just bopping them all upside the head. And thinking if a parent saw that the right parent,
5: that could make them snap as well. Yes, because I could see somebody's parent coming over there before Miss Hastings had a chance to, you know, get out the building.
4: Right. Right. They got their baby. Several of my yeah. friends who have seen the video, who are parents, have you know said that we'd be having to collect bail money. So I, mean, I, I
5: believe I, think I might be. If it was Tyler and what would what would your mama do?
3: She'd have her posters let tea free. Let T free, (laughs) because I know I'd be behind bars right now. I mean, it's just how it is. You know, your kids make you forget who you are, and how dare somebody. And you just have to – listeners, if you haven't seen the video, you need to go see the video, and then you can share your opinion, and uh, we'll see what you think about it. So I'm ready to move on now to a lighter note. And I saw this story on CNN, and I was thinking, wait, what? This (laughs) – Prank calls have been coming in to fast food restaurants in several states, causing employees to break out the windows. So the prank caller leads them to believe it is a gas emergency and that the windows need to be smashed to ventilate the establishment. At least three Burger Kings, one Jack in the Box and one Wendy's, has fallen for this trick. One manager at a Burger King was very upset, saying the caller was very convincing employees went to their cars they were getting tire irons and finding other objects so they could break out the windows and I'm thinking you know of course they're scared they're thinking this is real whoever this prank caller is I mean he's probably got one leg up on nephew Tommy because he has convinced all these establishments to break out the windows where they work but I'm just thinking if they catch the caller it won't be too funny then because whoever it is will be facing felony charges. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. okay.
4: So you mean, you mean to tell me mm-hmm. that this prank caller is calling over to Burger King. Right. Where they flipping Whoppers and some Uh-huh. And the people in the Burger King are
3: picking up the phone. And right.
4: are listening to this prank caller and going to get tie ons and whatnot and busting the windows out of said Burger King.
3: Okay. So what happens is the manager of uh, this particular case, at this Burger King, the manager is on the phone. The manager says he gets the call, that the prank caller sounded very convincing. He uh, convinced the manager, and the manager is then telling his employees what this person is saying that they have to do. And so he's thinking about the safety of the customers and the employees. Now, there is the question as to why you wouldn't just evacuate. Like, I don't understand what makes you break out. Why wouldn't everybody just leave, you know, unless maybe a part of the prank call is that the building is going to blow up? I don't know.
5: Yeah, I've never been to, uh, had a job where it's been a case where you had to break out the windows. Usually if it's something serious, they'll say, you know, evacuate. Everybody find your nearest exit. But they they must have had them going for them to break out the windows.
3: And And the thing is, not just one establishment, you know what I mean? This has happened several times. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm hesitant to judge. If I'm there and someone's calling me and maybe convinces me that they're from the utility company or whatnot, there's a gas link, you need some ventilation. And the thing is, most of the restaurants, if you think about what they listed, are surrounded in glass. It's a lot of glass. So if they're telling me, you know, that I need to break the windows out to let some of the gas escape nah, nah. Never mind, I wouldn't believe it. I mean I just I just can't see. I was trying to go for it but I mean I don't understand why you wouldn't just leave or open the doors. Why all these people and why are you busting out all the windows? Ventilation is ventilation. I'm trying to figure out why the why the
4: managers are falling for this. I bust the windows out the place <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: if somebody calls and acting like he or she is from m l g n w Memphis Light Gas and Water, the utility company down here on my end of the state, I'm gonna hang up and say, Um, hey, so can we get somebody to come out here and check for this gas leak in the meantime?' all these folks that are eating these number two combos uh, and whatnot, we won't be out on the parking lot. I'm just saying.
5: <laughs> right, <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So i got one more story. This is a feel-good story that I just have to share about a four-year-old that saved his mom's life. So we often hear the debate about the negative influence of technology on young children. But in this story, it may make you think a little differently because little Camden – unlocked his mom's smartphone, found a picture of his dad, and called him, saying he needed him to come home. He told his dad that he couldn't wake his mommy up. So his father rushed home and was able to get there, get his wife to the hospital. She had actually suffered from a seizure. Camden's quick thinking and knowledge of how to use his mom's smartphone actually saved her life, in instances uh evidently with the condition she had they said time was of the essence. And had he not responded or reacted as quickly as he did, she may no longer be with us. So yay for Camden and his ability to use his mild smartphone. Yes, way to go, Camden. Yes, indeed. Yay, yeah. yes, Camden. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this bit. And I can't wait to hear from the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it.
4: And you know I'm going to say it.
3: All right now.
1: Once again, we've come to an end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. As we continue to grow the show, you can now download Talking With Tea on iTunes or TuneIn Radio. You can also subscribe to Talking With Tea Daily, the online daily newspaper, to get your daily scoop of trending news. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Let your dreams be bigger than your fears and your actions louder than your words. Keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with T.